Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the MMAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by Cole Shelton to break down UFC Busan, and we'll talk about Bellator as well. Cole, what's up, man? Nothing. What about you? I'm good, man. You know I'm doing well. Uh, had a good trip, and happy. I was happy with it, the way it went. It was pretty sweet. Uh, and now I'm back here, man, doing the normal thing with you, the routine, back to back to life. So should be good, Cole. I'm looking forward to talking about these cards with you, man. Um, start with UFC Busan, then we'll get to Bellator. So just initial thoughts while I kind of uh, just get the card ready for us to talk about here. Yeah, there's some good fights on this one. It's obviously early morning card in Korea. They've obviously gotten a lot of Korean fighters. They've put some favorable matchups, some in others, but main event's a good one. Co-main event's a good one. It's weird how many Canadians there are on this Korean yeah. card, but other than a common complaint I always have about there's some fights that should be on the main card, there's some fights on the main card that should not be on them at all. Dude, it's so why is there three Canadians on this card? It's so weird. And like UFC Canada Twitter was like, you know, good luck to our fellow Canadians. And I'm like, why are these guys all on this card? It's just weird. But anyways. Overall, I mean, like, there's some good fights, some 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 mismatches as well, and uh, a few good fights, but a few fights that kind of got me scratching my head, but either way, we'll talk about them. I'm going to use Tapology here, Cole, so if you want to pull up that uh, page there, because their butt orders are a little different than some of the other websites. We'll start with the first fight of the night on Tapology. It's a family bout between Haile Alatang and Ryan Benoit, or it's Benoit. Is it Benoit? I think it's Benoit. Not Chris Benoit. Anyways. Benoit minus 160, Alatang plus 130. Those are the opening odds. And right now we got Benoit minus 120, Alatang plus 100. So really close odds. Who do you like? Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, Alatang's been fighting, fought in, on the China card, picked up a win over Battergrill. He's on a three-fight winning streak. He made his debut in that card. But Benoit is he's good. He just hasn't fought since 2017 in November. He had a grappling match, but... He hasn't fought, but in the UFC, he's looked good. Like, he has a knock win over Sergio Pettis. He, like, has good wins. He's the better fighter, but a two-year layoff, like, it kind of scares me. Like, I don't know what he's going to look like. I'll pick Benoit by decision, but it's not a confident pick just because I don't know how he's going to look after two years off. Yeah, I feel like pretty much the exact same way. I do think he's the better fighter as well. More experience in UFC, higher level wins. Sergio Pettis win looks good. He is coming off a win over Ashkan Mokhtarian by head kick, but it was two years ago, like you said. So it's been a while. Alatang looked good in his last fight against Batra goal. He won fight of the night for that. It was a good fight. He's won three straight fights. He's uh, actually got like a decent little record here. But again, uh, the, the level of experience, I really think it favors Benoit here. Um, the fact that he has a huge layoff and the fact it's also in Korea, which is close to where Alatang is from in China, uh, China or Mongolia, I guess, uh, that favors him as well. So, honestly, Cole, like, it's probably a dog or pass situation here, and I can't blame people who are betting on Alatang, but I'm going to pick Benoit because I do think he's the better fighter, and I do think he probably gets the job done here by, by decision, but I just couldn't bet on this fight. I just think it's not worth betting on because uh, the layoff, it scares me. Next up, we have a women's strawway belt between Miranda Granger and Amanda Lemos. The opening odds had Granger minus 350, Lemos plus 250. And right now we have Granger minus 185, Lemos plus 160. So a lot of action, obviously, is coming early on Lemos as a dog. Who's your pick here? I'm going Miranda Granger. I I picked her to lose against Goldie, and I was pretty impressed by her striking in the Goldie fight. Lemos hasn't fought since July 2017, and she got knocked out by Leslie Smith. It's been a long time. 
Granger's been active. She, this is third fight in 2019. She had four in 2018. She's still new to the sport. I don't know if she's UFC caliber. Like she got the win over Goldie, but I don't know if either of them are. Like she's still a young prospect. This is kind of a test for her because Lemos has a lot of experience. Like she fought Leslie Smith. She has that was only her UFC. That was her first UFC fight too. So it's been a while since she fought. But I'm going Granger by decision. But it's not a common pick at all because I think similar to the last one, I think Lemos is the better fighter. But just the just the layoff is scaring me. I like Granger, man. I think there's value on her right now. I think that the minus 350 opening odds were a bit high, but I still felt favored her quite heavily. I think she's a really good prospect. I liked her in the Goldie fight. She, I think, was an underdog there, too. I remember picking her a lot of people were on Goldie. I liked her there. Undefeated, man. 7-0, so she's looking good. Lemos, 6-1-1, uh, so not a bad record, but hasn't fought Cole in over two years, well over two years since July 2017. And that was a TKO loss to Leslie Smith, who does not look like the same fighter she once was right now. And before that, she had some nice wins on Jungle Fight. But look at the records of the fighters she, she uh, beat Cole. 2-0-1, no record, 0-0-0, no record, no record. So she's fought nobodies. Granger's been fighting actually a decent level competition on the regional scene in the United States. I think Granger wins probably a decision, maybe a stoppage. But I like her here, man. I think minus 25, good odds on uh, Miranda Granger to get the win. I believe she should be a bigger favorite here. And I think the uh, public is wrong on betting on Lemos. All right, next up, we have a really intriguing bandway fight. I like this fight, Cole. Saeed Nurmagomedov against Hayoni Barcelos. Really good fight here. Opening odds had uh, Nurmagomedov open minus 165. Barcelos opened at plus 135 right now. Uh, really close odds. Minus 135 for Barcelos. Minus 105 for Nurmagomedov. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a good fight. Both of them are on long winning streaks. Nurmagomedov hasn't lost since 2016. Barcelos hasn't lost since 2015. They both look really impressive in the UFC. I'm kind of surprised they got matched up against each other because they are two of the better prospects at Bantamweight. But I favor Nurmagomedov slightly in this fight. I've just been more impressed with his work in the UFC. Like the knockout over Ricardo Ramos, that was really impressive. I thought Ramos was going to win that fight. He has the split over Justin Scarlett, so it doesn't look too good. But Barcelos, though, like he has a lot of knockout wins. Like he has a lot of finishes. I think this fight is going to end by stoppage and i think nirmagomedov is going to get a second or third round tko yeah so this is actually one of the better fights in the card i think this could easily be on the main card not really sure where it's been buried so far in the prelims but yeah both guys very impressive saeed's look great in the ufc the wins over scoggins and ramos both solid wins uh but barcelos man i think this guy's really really good i know he's 34 so he's a little bit older nirmagomedov is only 27 i don't like the fact that barcelos is 34 but man he's looked really good uh, three wins over Carlos Rochelle, Chris Gutierrez, Kurt Halbot. Obviously not great competition, but not bad. And he does have a couple other wins over like Bob, Bobby Moffat, Dan Murray, guys who are in the UFC. I think Moffat's still in the UFC. So he's looked good. He finishes a lot of his opponents. I favor Barcelos in this fight. I do like him quite a bit. It's a close fight, though, but I do favor him a little bit. I think the odds, you know, they're interesting. This is uh, definitely a spot where people are going to be very split on the fight. And that's why you see pick up odds, but I do lean a little bit towards Barcelos and uh, like him a little bit. And I, want, I wouldn't go crazy on him because Norman Leo is definitely solid, but I do favor Barcelos to get the win. I just think he's a more solid, well rounded fighter, more, more uh, just uh, experience at this point against high level competition. Next up, we have a flyweight bow between Alexander Pantoja and Matt Schnell. I like this fight too, Cole. Fun fight here at 125 pounds. Opening odds at Pantoja minus 160, Schnell plus 130. Right now we have. Uh, Alexander Pedoja minus 210, Matt Schnell plus 175. Who's your pick? 
Yeah, this is a great fight. Both of them looked really impressive. I don't know why this isn't higher up on the main card, too. Like, this could... If Cejudo vacates the belt, like, this could easily be winner of this fighting for Benavides for, like, the vacant title. Like, they're right up there in the flyweight division. I favor Pantoja slightly. I just think Chanel's whole game plan is he needs to try to get down to the ground and get a submission. Pantoja's really good on the ground. I think he can stuff those takedowns. And on the feet, I think Pantoja's way better. He has a lot of knockout wins. We've seen Chanel get knocked out before. I think Pantoja will win the fight. I don't know if he'll get a stoppage. I'll give uh, pick Pantoja by decision. I like this fight a lot, and I pretty much agree with everything you said there about the fight. Pantoja, he's looked really good at times in the UFC, a 5-2 and two record in the octagon, plus the ultimate fighter, obviously. Uh, he is coming off loss to Figueroa, but honestly, Cole, that was one of the best fights of the year. Great fight back at UFC 240, really good stand-up fight. And before that, he won three straight fights, including a win over Brandon Moreno, which looks really good right now because Moreno's on a nice little roll. And then Matt Schnell, he is coming off four straight wins. He's looked great. Don't get me wrong, but the wins, uh, I think, over not so not as good of competition as Pantoja's wins were. And like you said, Cole, his game plan is to get the fight to the mat, and I think Pantoja can keep it standing, and I think on the feet he has a good advantage here. So my, my pick's Pantoja as well. I, I don't think I bet it because I do think minus 210 is a little high. I liked him better at the opening price there, but I do think he wins the decision. It should be a good fight, though. It probably won the contenders for fight that I've had to guess. Next up, we have a lightweight bout between Omar Morales and Dong Young Ma, the maestro. The opening odds had Morales minus 150, Ma plus 120. Right now, we have Morales minus 200, Ma plus 170. Who's your pick? I like Morales in this fight. I think he's going to knock out Ma, but the odds, I like the minus 150 better. I think the odds are a bit too high because this is the FC debut. He's coming off that good knock win over uh, Harvey Park in the contender series. We've seen Ma get knocked out, and he's taken a lot of damage. Like that Holtzman fight, that was only a couple months ago, and he took a lot of damage in that fight. So, I think Morales will be able to knock him out, but at minus 200, making his UFC debut, I wouldn't recommend betting it at all. It's a tough one because Morales, he is 34, so he's a bit of an older prospect making his debut. I don't see that a lot, but he is ain't no one. Cole, he looks so good in that Harvey Park fight, man, and he finishes most of his fights. Uh, he has experience fighting Bellator and in uh, Contender Series, so this guy is ready for the UFC right now. Ma. At one point, looked good, but Cole, that chin, man, that chin's been tested. Four knockout losses in UFC. I don't trust him at all. I think he gets knocked out, man. I do think Morales wins this fight by TKO. I know minus 200, it's a little bit higher. I'm with you, Cole. The, the opening odds were be much better, but I do think he wins this fight, man. And I don't blame people who want to parlay him, possibly, or even play him straight. I mean, minus 200 is not that high. Um, but you can also take a look at him by a TKO. That's minus 110. It's a pick on odds. And I think that's absolutely the most likely way this fight ends by uh, Morales by TKO. So that's my pick. I'm with you, Cole, and uh, both are in agreement on that one. Next up, we have Featherweight Belt, Suman Mokhtarian against Sung Wu Choi. Opening odds had Sung Wu Cho Choi minus 160, Mokhtarian plus 130. Right now, we have Choi way up as a favorite, minus 280, Mokhtarian plus 240. Who's your pick? I don't know why Choi's that high of a favorite. I think this is clear dog or pass for this fight. Both have been disappointed in the UFC. Choi's on the two-fight losing streak, lost decision to Evlov and was submitted with Gavin Tucker, and he took a lot of damage in that Tucker fight. Uh, Sumin's only has one fight where he got knocked out against Sadiq Yusuf. I think I wouldn't be surprised the loser this gets cut just because neither of them have been impressive, but I would favor Choi, but I don't like the odds at all. I think this could go either way, so I think it's dog or pass on this fight. No, you're 100% right. I mean, you have, it's definitely dog or pass. I don't know why Choi is a minus 280 favorite right now. Like, what has he proven in the UFC to be that big of a favorite? At the same time, though, Mokhtarian, he had the one fight that looked bad, and he that was his only fight in the last two years, Cole. So he barely fights. He hasn't fought in over a year now. At least Choi has been active and fighting twice this year, but he hasn't looked good. Um, I will say Choi's fought, you know, pretty good fighters here in Tucker and Evlov. 
Um, obviously, Yusuf was a good fighter too, but uh, I think Choi probably does get his hand raised cool. I, there's no way in hell I bet minus 280 on it. It's a dog or pass situation, but I wouldn't bet on the dog either. This is just a total pass for me. Choi by decision, that's my pick. I wouldn't bet on this fight. Next up, we have a heavyweight bout. Zero gone against Danner Boser. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the matchup itself. Let me just pull up the odds here. The opening odds, minus 280 for gone. Boser plus 220. Right now, we have minus 650 for gone. Boser plus 475. So, yeah, that opening odds, those were wrong. Those were way too low. Just your thoughts on the matchup, and then give me your thoughts on who you think wins the fight. I don't understand this matchup at all. I think Boser and Gon are two of their top heavyweight prospects, and heavyweight's a shallow division. Like, they need prospects. I don't get why you're matching up. There's so many veterans sliding out of the rankings or out of the rankings that Gon and Boser can both fight. Like, I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know why they're trying to kill a prospect. I know Boser's a bit older, but there's not many Canadian fighters left, and if like he could easily be on Canadian cards and be fighting top like ranked guys. I don't know why the UFC did this, or even why this is on the card on this card of all beings. This fight makes no sense to me. Like I know Gone is an amazing prospect, but this at this point I consider him a contender. Cole, like I think he's that good. I think he is someone that could be a possible top ten, top five guy even next year. That look how fast his division moves. I don't think that's crazy to say that. Uh, look at Yarzino. He made his debut this year and he's already top five now, Cole. So this division moves quick. Why match up two prospects right now in a, in a shallow division? Very weird. But yeah, Gon, Gon's going to win this fight, man. I, I think he's just a way better prospect than Boser. And Boser is not a bad prospect. I just think it says a lot about Gon. This guy is incredible. Look at his two wins in the UFC. Pessoa and Mays, both by submission. He's won. He's only been fighting since last year, Cole, as a pro. And five wins already. All five by stoppage. Four by submission. Who... And his last fight was a heel hook over Dante Mays. Who the hell submits someone with a heel hook in the heavyweight division? That is the first heel hook we've seen in years in the UFC, and it's by a heavyweight. This guy's incredible. You know, Boser, listen, he's not bad himself. He, he won the last fight in Spitz. He looked okay. It wasn't a great fight, but he got the job done. He's like one of these guys that kind of drags on the fight. He goes to the decision a lot. Uh, I don't think that's going to work against Gon, man. Gon's going to finish this fight call. The odds are high, but they're, you know, they're they're justified. He's going to win this fight. I'm um, going to take a look. Con inside the distance, minus 185. That's something to look at. Boser, though, doesn't get finished. I just think it says more about Gone. Like, the guy finishes everyone. So, I think Gone by stoppage. You, you, are you predicting a stoppage or a decision call? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Boser obviously has a wealth of experience. Like, Gone's still so new, but I'm so high in Gone. Like, I think he's a future title contender. Like, he is looks very impressive. And his submission wins, like, they could easily be knockouts. Like, he beat them up to, like, the brink of being finished, and then he just got a submission. Like, he's not known as a ground guy, and he's showing off his ground, which, he to me, is getting better every fight because I've watched the TKO fights, too, and I think Gon wins this fight. The odds are high, but I think, I don't know, but I still don't get this matching, but I have Gon winning. It's going to be tough to finish Bozer. It's going to be a late finish if he does, but it's just cement. Like, I think Gon wins no matter what. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, next up we have a bantamweight bout between Tungo Kang and Ping Wan Lu. Opening odds had Kang as a minus 260 favorite, Lu plus 200. Right now we have Kang at minus 250, Lu plus 210. Who's your pick? Again, I think the odds are high on this one. Like Lu, he was winning that fight against Martinez and just got caught by the knee. He has win on Martin Day in the UFC. He's three and or he's two and one in the UFC. Kang coming off that split over Brandon Davis and a choke over Ishihara. Neither of them have been that impressed in the UFC. They're both kind of like the lower level of Bantamweight. 
I favor Kang slightly. I think he's going to pick up a decision win, but I wouldn't bet the I wouldn't bet him at this high of odds either. I like Kang a little bit more than you. I think he's a really good fighter. He had that layoff there. Um, I think it was due to military service for your layoff. Since coming back two and one, not bad. Obviously, like you said, Cole, the competition has been great, but still has a couple of, like, decent performances for sure. And Lou, you know, he's only two and one in the UFC, but just the, the level of competition hasn't been there. And he's coming off really bad loss to Jonathan Martinez by knockout by knee, which you don't see that often at Bantamweight, and to a guy that's like barely in the bubble. So I haven't been too impressed with him. I know his record's good, but it's pretty. It's a pretty padded record. I like King. The odds are a little high, cool, but I do think he wins this fight. I don't blame people who want to parlay him because I do think he wins. Uh, I just want to get to a few questions here. Can Shiro Ryuduju before we uh, move on? Now, do choice off the pressure of being in Korean Army duties. You should have better performance where he had pressure of winning or manager. We'll talk about him in a minute. UFC heavyweight division, making a comeback 2020, make UFC great again. It is for sure. And Gone is like Nagano's teammate. It's good, evil, and bad, evil. Either will knock you out of the cage. Yeah, they're both sick. They're both amazing, Cole. France MMA, France, the MMA thing can't come to France soon enough. Like with Nagano and Gone Cole, like those, that's two superstars that you see could potentially have when they make their debut there. So I agree with 100% with uh, what Rio Doju said. All right, let's move up to the main card here, Cole. Uh, and we got Jung Ho, Jung Young Park against Monk, Mark Andre Barrio. Uh, Barrio open minus 130, Park plus 100. Right now we have Barrio minus 125, Park plus 105. Who do you think wins this middleweight bout? I like Mark Andrew Barrio slightly. I think this is a loser gets cut kind of matchup. Barrio hasn't been impressive at all in the UFC. He has that split to Jocko, which I don't think was a split at all. And then he had lost to Andrew Sanchez, and he just kind of faded. Jung was submitted by, uh, or no, sorry, he has that win over Ibrahimov in his last one. Or no, sorry, Park was submitted, yeah, by Hernandez. I, was, I had the wrong topology page open, but I like Barrio slightly. I've just been... Neither of them have impressed me at all in the UFC, but just going off what they've done before they got to the UFC, I've just been more impressed by Barrio. Barrio's shown a bit more in the UFC. I think he's going to edge out a decision, but I don't view this as, as an exciting fight at all. Yeah, it's a close fight for sure. Go either way. The odds are pretty much saying that. Uh, Barrio, actually, I think I did pick, I picked Barrio in his first fight. I didn't pick him in the last one. Um, but I remember James was telling me, like, this guy is not as good as his record seems, and he really hasn't looked that good. So I think he was worried about that. Uh, Kind of had a pad of record being some guys in the Canadian regional scene like Todd Stout, Adam Hunter. These guys are they're good at Canadian fighters, but really like, compared to the world fighters, not as good. Park, he had that loss to Hernandez, but he was winning that fight call up until the stoppage. So and Hernandez is not a bad prospect. So I think that this guy, he's got a little bit more to show here, a little bit something to prove. He was on a seven-night win streak before that, including a submission win over Ray Cooper, who I think is one of the best welterweight prospects in the world. I know that that was a middleweight, but I think Cooper is incredible. So that's a good win looking back. I favor Park a little bit here, man. Um, the fact that the fight is in Korea, I think that does favor him. The fans will be behind him. If it goes to the decision, I think it favors him as well. Close fight for sure, but I, I'm going to pick the underdog here and take Jung Rong Park to win a decision. Next up, we have Dan Jung against Mike Rodriguez. I think this is the guy you were talking about, Cole, a second ago. Uh, opening odds had Jung at minus 400, Rodriguez plus 300. If I'm not mistaken, that, those are the opening odds. Yeah, and they've completely flipped now, which is crazy. We have... Mike Rodriguez minus one twenty, Jung plus one hundred. So the odds have flipped by four hundred decimal points, which is insane. Who do you like, man? I like Don Jung. I have not been impressed with Mike Rodriguez in the UFC. His last fight, he did not look good against John Alonarte, who, who I don't even think is UFC caliber. Has one over Adam Milstead, then a loss to Devin Clark, which doesn't say much. Jung has looked good. He submitted uh, Ibrahimov. He's on a long winning streak. A lot of finishes. I think he can finish Mike Rodriguez here. 
He's fighting close to home. Like, I don't know why gods have flipped so much, but I like Jung here by stoppage. Yeah, interesting fight for sure. Um, don't like the the odds like at first, minus four hundred, but right now at plus four hundred, Cole, you gotta take a shot at Jung here. Like the odds they were way too high at opening, obviously, but now I, as an underdog, I like him, man. I think he wins this fight. Like again, Korean fighter fighting at home. He's on a nice win streak here. He's on a uh, what, 10 fight win streak. That's nice. He looked not great against Ibrahim, but they get the win in the third round. So he, he managed to pull through and get the win there. Mike Rodriguez, he's coming off the no contest against John Allen. It says loss on uh, topology. He did lose the fight, but it was changed with no contest. John Allen tested positive or something. I haven't been too impressed with this guy, though, man. I, I, I don't know. Like, he's had a couple of good wins before the UFC. He did beat Adam Milstead, but overall, cool. Like, I think he's very beatable. I think he can, he can lose. So. I'm taking another dog here, Cole. I'm going to go with Dan Jung. I think at plus 100, there is value on this guy to get the win. So that's my pick here. Dan Jung by uh, probably by decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he does finish the fight, though. He finishes a lot of his fights. All right, let's get to the meat potatoes of the card here. The last three fights are pretty solid. Uh, do Choi against Charles Jordan. Tetherweight bout. Opening odds had Choi minus 280, Jordan plus 220. And right now we have Choi minus 300, Jordan plus 250. Just give me your thoughts on the matchup itself, Cole, because we talked about it at first uh, when it was first announced. And then give me your thoughts on who you think wins. Yeah, I don't understand this matchup at all. I think Du Choi is a much better prospect than Charles Jordan. I'm not high on Jordan. And just leading in this fight, like, I like Du Choi all the way in this fight. Like, Jordan, to me, I don't think he should have even been in the UFC. Like, in TKO, he got dominated for five rounds by TJ Laramie, who's still not in the UFC. His wins in TKO aren't over that high level of guys. Duhu Choi, I know he hasn't fought since 2018, but he's fought the top guys. Like, he lost to James Demons. He went distance with Cub Swanson, beat, knocked out Sam Cecilia. Like, and the Cub Swanson fight was back and forth. They could have went either way. Like, it was a great fight. I think at home, He's at home fighting in Korea. I think Tuchoi is going to pick up a win. I wouldn't even be surprised if he knocks out Jordan. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't understand the matchmaking. Jordan, I don't know. Like, he should have been getting some easier fights, I think, than this. If you really like him as a prospect. This is a tough fight. Going to Korea to fight Tuchoi. Whole crowd's going to be behind this guy. I know, like, he's coming off the loss to Stevens and obviously the loss to Swanson, too. Taking a lot of damage. Hasn't fought in a while as well. We have to keep that in mind. Almost two years away. But this guy is a really good fighter. And before the, the layoff, man... We were all talking about him as a future featherweight title contender, if anything. So, you know, Jordan, he he's solid and he looked good before the UFC. I haven't been too impressed. I'm gonna one fight against Desiree, let's be fair here. But I don't know, Cole. Like, I just don't know if he's gonna be able to hang with uh, Troy and Korea. I think Troy wins. Don't love the odds. Minus 300 is a little high, I think, at this point. But I do think he wins the fight. All right, co-main event. This is an interesting fight, Cole. Lighthead repo. Alexander Rakic against Volkan Uzdemir. Opening odds, Rakic minus 145, Uzumir plus 115. Right now we have the same odds, basically. Rakic minus 145, Uzumir plus 125. Who's your pick? I think we won the off view. I like Vulcan was doing this fight. I think this could be another case of Anderson Walker. I think this is too much too soon for Rakic. I know Uzumir is on a three-fight losing streak, but if you look at who he lost to, he lost to Daniel Cormier for the belt. A lot of people lose to Cormier, and that's not a bad loss. Anthony Smith's submission loss. He was winning that fight, and then he kind of faded out. And the Dominic Reyes fight, he easily could have won that fight. That was split. A lot of people thought Ozmir won that fight. Ragish has looked good in the UFC as the knocking over Manwa, knocking over Clark. But the Clark fight, he got rocked early on that fight. I think Ozmir has more power than Clark. If Ragish got rocked by Clark, I think Ozmir can easily rock him. And I think Ozmir can fight a smart game plan and drag this out into the third round and see what Ragish is like. And I think he's going to edge out a decision win. Yeah, interesting fight for sure. Really like the matchup here. It's a good test for Rakic at this point in his career, no doubt about it. 
But, uh, man, I, I like Rakic, Cole. I, this guy, to me, is like talking about the next wave of like heavyweight contenders. This guy's right up there. That win over Manuel was ridiculous. Like, that knockout was insane. Talking about knockouts of the year, that's right up there. The way that Manuel basically ended his career right there. So it was incredible. And uh, the win over Clark looked good. The other wins, let it gross, are not as good, but still got the job done. But yeah, he's fantastic. And then Uzumir, he's good too, man. Don't get me wrong. Latifi, that was a good performance by him. And overall in the UFC, he's really exceeded expectations for four and three record. And he's got some good wins, especially when he first came in the UFC. By, uh, as an underdog, he won a couple fights. But, uh, you know, I like Rackage. I just believe in this guy. I think he is the next wave of contenders at light heavyweight, and I do think he wins. Uzumir's experience definitely scares me a little bit, but I got to go with Rackage, man. I got to go with my read here. This is my guy. Give me Rackage, and uh, he can either win decision or possibly even finish Uzumir, or probably a decision, if I had to guess. All right, final fight to talk about on this card. Main event of the evening, Chanson Jung gets Frankie Edgar. Jung, open minus 175, Edgar plus 150. Right now we have Jung minus 170, Edgar plus 150. And I wrote an article about this fight at MARings.net. And, uh, man, I don't like the matchup. I just I just don't understand the fight. He broke apart Sanhagen, Edgar. This guy wasn't supposed to fight this weight class. Now he's fighting a guy in Jung in his hometown. It's just weird. If if Edgar wins, then you eliminate Jung as a contender. If Jung wins, you just expect to win. It's just a weird fight, man. There was other guys like Zabit. Calvin Cater, Shane Burgos, these are the guys he should have been fighting instead, Jung. So don't like the matchup. Give me your thoughts, Cole, on the matchup, and then give me your pick for the fight. Yeah, it's a weird matchup. I, mean, I really liked the Ortega-Jung fight. I think that made a lot of sense to vision. I think the winner could have easily had a case to tail shot. But I think if Edgar wins his fight, I bet you he pulls out of Sandhagen and he doesn't fight a bandweight and he's calling for Volkanovski. Because now that Holloway is no longer the champion, Edgar can be right there for another title shot featherweight. And it would be interesting against Volkanovski. He obviously has the resting, so does Volkanovski. But this fight, I think Jung's going to win. I think Edgar has to use the resting and try to get down to the ground. But Jung has so many good submissions. Like we saw, he had the uh, twister. Like he has, he's dangerous on the ground. I think he can keep it on the feet long enough where he could pick apart Edgar. Edgar's tough to finish. Ortega's the only one that knocked him out. I think Korean Zombie might be able to take home late in the fourth, fifth. And I think it's going to be a decision win, maybe a possibly a late stoppage for Jung. Yeah, I like Jung, too. I think he wins this fight by stoppage, Cole. I think he does finish Frank Yeager in this fight. I don't know. I just don't understand it, and I don't understand why Frankie's fighting a featherweight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's a company man. He's helped the UFC out, I guess. But, again, Cole, Calvin Cater's out there begging for this fight. Why not give it to him? Why not give it to Shane Burgos? He deserves a fight like this. These guys would have taken this fight on short notice. They're actually fighting at 145. Now you have a fight that doesn't make sense, and you broke apart the Sanhagen fight. I know technically it's still booked. That's not going to happen, Cole, because Frankie's going to get finished in this fight. It's not going to happen. Give me, give me Jung. I think he finishes his fight, guys. I think he's going to finish Frank Yeager probably by TKO. Maybe submission, too. Like, it's possible. I know that Frankie's got great wrestling, but Jung's ground game is ridiculous. Even if Edgar wins, the chances of him escaping that fight with no damage yeah. are slim to none. Frankie's going to be trying to wrestle Jung here. I don't think it's going to work. Jung's actually got like underrated grappling, underrated takedown defense. Striking-wise, yeah, Edgar's got good boxing. We all know that. He's fast, but Jung... That power Cole is ridiculous. He's going to knock out Frankie, I'm pretty sure. I know Frankie's chin to look, look good over his career, but the Ortega fight showed it is fading, and he's 38 years old now. Didn't like how he looked against Max Holloway. He's not he's not big enough anymore. The, the, the sport's evolved. These guys are getting bigger. Jung is a is a he's he doesn't seem like huge or anything like that, but he's I think bigger than people think he is. I like Jung in this fight. Let's answer these questions here. Wait a minute, we have actual big Korean. 
uh, fighter of the week on the 10 fight win streak over here. Yeah, listen, I know what you're saying. Like, this record's padded. Don't get me wrong. But, like, is, you know, Barrio's record any better? Not really. Um, and the other question is, Rakic will be exposed like Johnny Walker did. I mean, that's what Cole's saying. It's possible. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, but I, I do like him there. Okay, so that's it for this card. Uh, and let's talk about Bellator quickly, Cole. I know that we have like we have like 20 minutes left, guys. Cole's got to leave at 12. So do I, actually. I'm going to be at TSM later today. I'm doing an interview with Aaron and uh, well, that's sweet. a couple. Yeah, Aaron, Chamatkar, I think Nick, Alex. Like, we're doing a roundtable thing. We did it last year. It was really cool. So it's going to be pretty sweet, Cole. I'm looking forward to doing that. I'll tell you about it more next week. But uh, let's do let's do Bellator, Cole, if you could pull off the odds for that one. Yep. Um, we'll do Bellator 235, a.k.a. Bellator Salute, salute the Troops. I like how Bellator is doing this. UFC hasn't did one of these uh, fight for the troop cards in a while. And look at Charlie Parker. John ain't going to knock shit. We'll see, bro. We'll see. I mean. If, if Ortega can knock out Edgar, I think John can knock out Edgar. I, that's exactly what I think. I mean, Ortega's got underrated striking too, for sure, and underrated power. But I just think it's more of a case. Frankie being 38, guys. And five rounds on short notice. Going junk for five rounds. like Yeah. Not only, he was training for a 135-pound fight. Um, I know he's got that nice fro going. But I don't think that fro is going to. Make up the weight difference here. Anyways, uh, let's talk about Bellator salute the troops. I'm not going to even bring up the uh, opening odds here. I just want to get through the cards. There's two Bellator cards. So right now we got uh, main main event called Josh Barnett, minus 260, Ronnie Marks, plus 200. Thoughts on this fight? Yeah, I like Josh Barnett in this one. It's just the layoff, it, it's obviously a big layoff, but he is way better than Ronnie Marks. Ronnie Marks, I don't think, is a very good fighter. He got kicked out of PFL for missing weight. Now he's up to heavyweight. I think this is a fight Barnett can finish and look good in, and I think Hopefully, Bellator can finally put, book that uh, Barnett-Fedor fight. Yeah, I'm with you. I I like Barnett a lot in this fight. Mar- Marks is not a heavyweight. Barnett is an experienced guy, one of the better heavyweights ever, actually, in the sport. Um, and I think he wins this fight pretty easily. I don't understand exactly the matchmaking, but I think he was just signed to get Barnett a, a good win here. Uh, Eric Perez against Tony Misek. Perez minus 285, Misek plus 225. Thoughts on this one? I don't get the matchmaking. Like, Toby Misek is from Hawaii. Like, you should be trying to get your Hawaiian fighters wins. He's not going to beat Eric Perez. Eric Perez is really good. He left the UFC on a three-fight winning streak, and they didn't re-sign him. I think he was, like, 7-2 and two in the UFC, and they decided not to re-sign him. And then he went 2-0 in Combat de Americas. He's a really good bandweight. I expect him to win this fight, and he'll throw his hat in right away for a vacant title shot for the bandweight title. Yeah, Cole, like, look at his record, man. Nice record, 19-6, and he's on a nice five-fight win streak. Like, his, even in the UFC, Cole, 4-2, and they cut him. Or 5-2, actually, excuse me. Or I'm completely wrong, guys. What am I talking about? 7-2 record. Why did they cut this guy? Really weird, right? Like, kind of strange, especially making inroads to Mexico. I don't know. I don't get it. He's looked good, though, in Kibachis. He's going to win this fight. I like him quite a bit. Actually, I think, you know, some people like to cross parlay. These are two guys, Barnett and Perez. I like them both a lot. I think they both win this fight for sure. Their fights, I should say. Next up, we got Taiwan Clax against Braden Akio. Claxton minus four thirty-five. Akio plus three twenty-five. Who's your pick here? This is just a way to get Taiwan Clax another win. They're just—he obviously had that loss to uh, Manuel Sanchez in the feather tournament. Similar to MVP, I was surprised he was even in the Grand Prix. They've been trying to build him up slowly. And Sanchez just proved like he's not at that level yet. They brought him back down to where he's fighting before. It's probably going to be another stoppage win for Claxton. I agree. I agree. Another guy that I like. And then next up, we got uh, Joey Davis against Chris Cesarenos. <laughs> Joey Davis minus 1,500, Cesarenos plus 825. Do I have to ask for your pick in this one, Cole? Don't bet this fight at those odds. But... 
that's basically it. But Davis is going to win. He's going to win easily. He's going to look good well, doing so. He's a good prospect, uh, Black High School. I like him at uh, in the welterweight division. A guy that wasn't in the tournament, but I think could have been, and he's looked really good lately. And then uh, the last fight in the card, this is the closest fight as far as the odds go, and the one fight I would say just stay away from because I think it can go either way. Alejandro Lara against Veda Ortega. Lara minus 155, Ortega plus 125. Who's your pick? Look, I'm surprised Veda Ortega didn't get a, a rematch against yeah. Lee Carlin. You don't really see title challengers losing, getting a media rematch. But she was winning that fight until that cut opened up. There was an argument you could have made to have a rematch, but Lara's right there. Like I think winner of this could very well get the next title shot. Obviously, Julian Velasquez is right there too. But I'll favor Lara slightly. But again, I would not bet this fight at all. I just watch it as a fan and enjoy because it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think you can go either way. I guess I lean towards Lara a little bit, but don't be surprised if Ortega does get the win. We'll shift gears here to Bellator 236. Okay, so the Salute the Troops card takes place Friday. 236 is Saturday. They're doing this double card thing in Hawaii. Um, we'll go through the main card here. Start at the top. Alima Lane McFarlane against Kate Jackson. McFarlane minus 570. Jackson plus 435. Another easy fight for McFarlane. Yeah, I think Alima Lay's going to get another win. Kate Jackson never been spit before. I talked to Alima and she said, look at all my past opponents. Half of them have never been spit before until I fought them. I think she's going to get another submission win, defender belt at home in Hawaii. Don't understand this matchup at all. Why Kate Jackson? Why not Julian Velasquez? Why not Ortega? Why not Lara? Why, why, why Jackson? Really cool. Like, I, tell me why she got the title shot over them. It's really weird, right? I guess it's just Belcher wanting McFarlane to get another win on. on uh, Which is weird because, like, you'd think they'd match her up so McFarlane looks good in Hawaii. But last year they matched up against Letourneau, which is a tough fight. Yeah, which Letourneau I, easily could have won that fight. So it's it's weird listen i like bellator i generally like what they do but their matchmaking at times is very questionable and this is another fight anyways like because you have velasquez on the same card we'll talk about her right now i guess velasquez julian velasquez minus 470 bruno allen plus 435 345 excuse me velasquez 9 and 0 cole she's a really good prospect and i expect her to win this fight yeah i think she's gonna stop i think she's gonna win by stoppage i think bellator i think i like how they have velasquez on this fight and then arteca lara i think Whoever is the more impre- whoever impresses most is going to get the next title shot, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see like Velasquez say say it's uh, Lara that wins. It looks most impressive. So they do Lara McFarland. I wouldn't be surprised if they do like Vito Velasquez or something like that next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, featherweight tournament bout: AJ McKee and Stair Campos. According to Topology, it is a five round fight. So that's interesting. Is it, that is confirmed? Cool. Five rounds. Yeah. The rest, the first round was only three and the rest of the ways fives. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So AJ McKee, uh, eight, minus eight twenty five. Derek Campbell plus, plus five ten. Do you give Campbell a chance or no? No, I don't. I don't think this fight's going to be over in the first or second. I think AJ McKee's going to knock Campos. I, from the beginning, I picked McKee to win the tournament and I still stand by that. I think he's the best featherweight in Bellator. I think he's one of the best featherweights in the world. Like I think he would be right up there in the UFC as well. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He is like, I think I was asked last year who my top prospect was, and I said McKee, and he has did nothing to change that. He's looked amazing. Back-to-back wins over Curran and Kerry Kanyan. What's funny about this is McKee and Pico used to be teammates, and everyone thought Pico was the way better prospect, and now it's not even close. It's not even a conversation. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. McKee is incredible. And I think he probably ends up fighting Pitbull in the final school, if I had to guess. I do think Borks, though, is a sleeper. Don't count that guy out. He is really good, but yeah. This fight, man, Campbell's actually was the one who picked McKee. What a bad pick. He should have picked someone easier. McKee by knockout. 
I, I respect Campos for taking a tough fight, but he's going to lose, man. I don't see him winning this fight. Next up, Jason Jackson against Kichi Kunamoto. Jackson minus 245. Kunamoto plus 185. Give me your pick. Jackson's taking this fight on short notice, but I was super impressed with him in the Ed Ruth fight. I think he's going to win this fight. I think he's one of Bellator's top prospects in 170. Yeah. And he's like, and I think he's going to win and maybe earn a stoppage, but if not, it's going to be a really dominant decision. Yeah, uh, I picked him in the last fight, and he did lose, but a lot of people did think he won that fight close out for sure. Kunamoto is a guy that's very experienced, fought in the UFC, fought in Bellator now, but he's a guy that's uh, getting finished in his last couple, last couple losses, and I think he loses this fight probably by stoppage goal, even with the short notice. I think Jason Jackson probably finishes him by TKO or submission. Give me give me Jason Jackson. And finally, we got Raphael Stotts against Chaden Leilola. Stotts minus 675, Leola plus 450. Wow. Give me your pick. I don't know why the UFC never signed Stotts. I think I'm really high on Stotts as a prospect. Yeah. He should have been there. This is a setup fight for Stotts to look really good in Bellator. And Bellator's bandweight division, like, they have a lot of top prospects. They have Stotts. They have Patrick Mix. They, they signed Pettis. Like, they have a lot of good guys. I wouldn't be surprised if bandweight gets a Grand Prix next with the title vacant. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, too. I like Stotts as well. He's going to win this fight. Better fighter and the odds <laughs> show that. Although, Leolola... He's actually, I don't think, a bad prospect himself. I just think he's getting a really tough fight here. All right, that's it for this card, Cole. Um, we got like 10 minutes or less left. If you guys want to throw a few questions in, feel free to. We'll answer them before we get out of here. I want to just talk about UFC 245 because we haven't had a chance to speak with the card, Cole. So I was at the card, Cole. And uh, I, I want to get my honest thoughts about this card because I haven't had a chance to talk about it too much. I did do the breakdown right after the card, but, man, it was a long card. So first off, the card was really long. Um, Here's the thing about MMA, and you guys know I love MMA, I love UFC, I love it. And I've been to tons of cards, been to tons of UFCs. This one was really long. This was an eight-hour card, really long. And honestly, like, I was thinking to myself the whole time, like, man, who wants to sit here for eight hours watching this? Like, it was, listen, it was an okay card, Cole. I don't think it was the best card of the year. I want to get your thoughts in a second, Cole. A lot of people were like, oh, amazing card and stuff. I don't know about that. I think it was a good card, not a great card. You know, I took my girlfriend. It was her first time in the UFC. I was I was hoping for a better card, honestly. The, the Nunez fight. That fight was very frustrating to watch, Cole. Like, and my girlfriend, you know, you think those the women's fights generally, you would hope that they are geared a little bit towards the girl fans to watch them. She loves Nunez. She didn't like that fight. She was like, "Oh man, it's so boring." And I'm with her. I, I, Cole, I hated when Nunez said, "I wanted to go five rounds. I wanted to prove I can go five. I hated that, Cole. She could have finished that fight at any point, man. She didn't want to, which I didn't like. Um, the other problem with the card was, uh, uh, well. It's not really the UFC's fault, but, you know, where I was sitting, there were some fans. Like, you expect fans to be loud. They were, the fan behind me was screaming at the top of their lungs, like, kill them, kill them. It was awful. It was as bad as it sounds, man. It was really bad. So, again, that's not the UFC's fault, but I have to vent a little bit. Um, I've never heard anyone scream that loud. We had Chase Hooper's fan club literally behind us. They all came down from Washington to watch him fight the whole time. Choke him out. Choke him out. Chase, come on. Cut him open, Chase. Like, it's at the top of their lungs. Like, it's it's difficult to watch. Like, honestly, there was a lot of fans beside me that were, like, really educated. They are like, asking me, like, about the fights. Like, I don't know. Not saying they knew, like, even though I'm, like, a journalist or anything like that. Because I didn't really, I didn't want to say who I am or anything like that. But there were some fans, like, asking me, like, you know, oh, can you, t- you know, explain this move and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, it's like this. And we're talking. This is educated fans. But the some of the, the drunk fans, cool so annoying dude i'm just like i really wish i was just watching this at home right now i don't have to deal with this shit so that's not the usc's fault that's no one's fault just unfortunately i got unlucky with these idiot fans behind me screaming in my ear call it was awful 
So I want to mention that. And I was talking to Tom, our managing editor at, at, at DJ Penn. He's just like, it sounds like a nightmare. And I'm like, dude, honestly, like it, it kind of was. So the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like, I just want to go home right now, which is crazy because I went to Vegas to watch the UFC. And again, it was a good car call. Like the Aldana knockout was sick. The Peter Yan fight was amazing. That was a great fight. Love that fight. The Covington fight was great too, although it was at the end of the night, so a lot of people were tired. Still a great fight. But the whole time I'm thinking to myself, well, who wants to sit here for eight hours on these like tiny chairs that are like, you know, really like small and like just hard. Like my ass was numb by the end of the eight hours. Cool. Like I just like, I want to sit in my bed right now. So, you know, guys, I know I'm complaining a little bit right now, but I spent a lot of money to be, to be there. The tickets were not cheap, even though I wasn't sitting like anywhere close. And I, I felt let down. I didn't, it wasn't the card I expected. You know, it is what it is. Not the UFC's fault. They booked the card, looked amazing on paper. Not the fighter's fault either. Just the way the fights played out. I just, it's just kind of like, I don't know, Cole, it wasn't as good as I thought. I haven't had a chance to talk about the card. What, what do you think of the card, man? Yeah, it dragged on. Like, yeah, it, didn't it, end, it didn't end in Toronto. I had my buddy over watching it and my brother and one of his friends. And at like 12.30, we're like, there's still Holloway Volkanovski to go. Like, this card's not going to end until like 2 in the morning. And sure enough, at like, literally like 2.10, I think the fight, the card ended. It's like, that's a long card to be 10 till 2, a main card. Like, how many fans are going to stay up till 2 in the morning to watch that? Dude, as soon as the knockout happened, everyone just stampeded out of there. No one wanted to be there at that point. It's not the USC's fault. It's not the fighters' fault. They tried their best. It just dragged on. You know, I thought with the three title fights, it would be a good thing. <laughs> I don't know about that call. But again, I, I kind of blame Manuels and Jermaine Durandamy. That fight was not good. I don't know. What did you think of that fight, Cole? I, I didn't like that fight at all. No, I think she could have finished that fight in the first or second round. I was, I think I, she said she wanted to prove more going five rounds into wrestling. I think she showed less. Like I was, yeah. I wasn't as impressed with her going five rounds. I would have been more impressed if she finished that in the first. I think her stock, I'm not going to say her stock's like super down, but I think it's a little bit down after that fight. Yeah. Her striking didn't look good either. Like she was getting lit up on the feet. She was forced to go to the takedown, but on the ground call, it was like a mismatch and she just couldn't get the stoppage. And again, I wanted to go five rounds. I wanted to show off my cardio and James Dana White's like, oh, it was a good thing. Why was that a good thing? Who wants to see them going five rounds? The Volkanovski fight, um, you know, he tried, he did, he did good. Don't get me wrong. Max, not a good performance by him. Do you think the move up to fight Poirier lightweight, do you think that's really hurt his career? I don't, I didn't like that move at all. I don't, I still don't like it. I think he should have stayed in the entire time, but I think Volkanovski is just a nightmare for anyone. Like, yeah, I think. I think if you fought, say you fought Edgar in April and then fought Volkanovski in July, I still think Volkanovski might have won that fight just after seeing that. I think they're going to do an immediate rematch, and I would not be I think Volkanovski is going to be favored, and I think he's going to be like a minus 170 after that because Max showed nothing in that fight to believe that he could make the changes to win. Did you pick Volkanovski? I can't remember. Did you pick him? No, I picked Holloway. He too, yeah, and he just didn't look great. It is what it is. And the main event... How did you have a score heading into the – like, honestly, I, at that point, I think everyone was super tired. I was asking people around me, like, how do you get score? People were like, I don't know. It was super close. I think I had a 2-2. I can't remember. Um, how did you have a score heading into the last – you remember or no? Uh, yeah, I had 2-2. Two, two. My friend had 3-1 Colby. My brother had 3-1 Colby, and my brother's friends had 3-1 Colby. When they said 3-1 Usman, none of us were like, I don't know how you give three rounds. I think you give Colby first and fourth, definitely, and I think – Usman definitely won the third, and the second's a toss-up. So I don't know what rounds. Like I think 2-2 two, two or 3-1, Colby. I don't know how anyone had 3-1 Usman. Dana White had it. One judge had it. If the fight went to decision, it would have been Usman by split because he would have won the last round. 
Now, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight on TV yet, so I don't know 100% what it looked like, but from the arena, it looked like a bit of an early stoppage. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was early. Like, Colby was going in for the takedown still. He had his hand like this, protecting yeah, his face. And a lot of the shots, I know it's a common problem on the ground, but a lot of them hit the back of his head. But I just think Dan Lambert made a good point to Dave Martin family fighting. He basically said it was an early stoppage, but Colby wasn't going to win that fight. It came down to winning the fifth round. Exactly. So it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I just want to get to this comment here. Ron Carlson, not true fans. Only true fans will stay up. We both stayed up, man. It was tough, though. It was a long card. I think it's a tough card. That's the thing. Like, hardcore. My friends and my brother fans will stay up. Getting half my friends over to watch UFC, if it's not Connor, Habib, Israel, like, they, those who they know, yeah. this fight, they didn't know who they were. And they were watching it. They were, like, streaming it illegally. And by, like, the Holly Volkanovski fight, they're like, I don't even care about the main event. Like, I'm going to bed. Dude, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's tough. Like, and my girlfriend, again, it was her first time at UFC, and I was like, please be a good card, please. Because I wanted to, like, she watches all the cards with me, so she knows, like, what to expect in these fights. Sometimes they're not as good. I was like, please be a good card. Because I've been to so many amazing cards. Like, I've been at Gustafson Jones and Choice Swanson, like, amazing events like that, great fights. This one kind of let me down a little bit. Anyways, uh, Ron says, Nunez uh, fight was boring. Yeah, it was. And Colby was done. Get real. He was, dude. We're not saying he isn't, but it's not uh, a great stopper. Like, he was going to lose the fight. That's what I meant to say. I don't think he was completely done, though. He was covering up. He was defending. It doesn't matter, though. He would have lost. I want to talk about Colby with that, Cole. Uh, actually, we'll talk about first, and I'll get to this last question. What do you think about the media members out there going off on Colby Covington and, and saying he deserved this and all this shit? I think it's disgusting. It's such a shame. It just It's just embarrassing. Like, it just shows, like how far the media in this sport needs to come man because you don't see that really in like you know baseball and stuff you don't see them going as shitty on guys when they get hurt or like oh a baseball guy baseball pitcher breaks his arm or something like you don't or gets tommy john surgery you not see them say oh what a pussy you're in. like you deserve that what do you think man give me your thoughts give me your honest thoughts yeah bro. like it was to see that on twitter i'm like that was disgusting like yeah media supposed to be like not biased and objective like even if you don't like colby like I don't know how anyone would be like, oh, he deserved that and stuff. And there were several media members tweeting pictures. They're like, this is what you get for being MAGA. Imagine Colby won. Imagine Colby won and like a white media member basically said, oh, MAGA rise up or something. The outrage they would get and everyone talking to their outlets being like, you need to fire this guy. But there was no, none of that when Usman won. There was no backlash against any of them. And there were several saying like, oh. And it's been a problem with Colby for a while. Like, a lot of media and like the media scorecards have scored fights against Colby. Like yeah. the RDA fight, they scored against Colby, and I don't know how. Like Colby won three or four rounds easily, but like yeah, I'm with you 100. It's it's bad, and I still see it t today. To be honest, it's just pathetic. Like you don't like the guy's cool, but to be I haven't said anything, Cole. I don't mean, honestly. Twitter is a tool meet for me to share my stories and, and to to meet new people, but. You know, at this point, it's just a cesspool, man. The comments on there are disgusting. Um, I know you have to leave, Cole, so I'm going to get to these last few things right now. Ron Carlson just spoke in the bear gentleman, fall asleep all the time. It happens, man, especially in the in the eight-hour card. Uh, Kevin says, have you noticed Connor's record against opponents taller than two and three with wins over Diaz and Max, losses to Duffy, Diaz, and Abib? And I see just trouble with height advantage. Very true. That's going to be an interesting fight. And those tickets were on sale, Cole. $300 for the same tickets I was in, um, which was the upper deck. Which actually wasn't a bad view. It's an amazing stadium. I've got to say that. Like the stadium is incredible. T-Mobile is amazing. Um, but the ones I paid for, 150 American plus taxes and everything and, and service fees cool. I ended up paying 250 Canadian ticket for upper deck, like the front of the upper deck, which, you know, not great, but I wasn't going to pay any more than that. I don't want to pay that much. And then now it's going to be almost 500 Canadian ticket call. 
and the pay-per-view price went up crazy. $64.99 American now for a pay-per-view. I don't know what you guys are thinking. That's the same to me. So crazy. Um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, Cole, I just want to get your thoughts quickly, and then you have to leave. Who won? Jose Aldo or Marlon Marais? Who'd you pick? Who'd you th- I had Marlon Marais 2-1. but yeah, it, your, Jose Aldo won that fight. I think it's like, if Aldo won, I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. It was, like, it was a lot closer than you thought it was, right? Yeah, it was a lot closer. Was, right? okay. But that switch kick to start the fight, I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I mean, Aldo's going to get knocked I, out. I think, I think Aldo thought that, but I did think he won the fight. But Henry Sue was out there saying he wants to fight Aldo now. Come on, Peter Yan deserves the fight, right? Yeah, Peter Yan deserves the fight. Like, yeah, I agree. Do you want to plug your stuff, Cole? I know you got to get out of here. I'll, I'll answer a few more questions from you guys before, uh, while Cole gets out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, just – Fight. I didn't do any interviews in career card, just uh, fighter picks and main event. Everything and news articles are always on my Twitter. I talked to Yan today this morning, so I'll have some of those up on his thoughts on Cejudo, Garbrandt, the fight and all that. But yeah, everything else will be on my Twitter, just Ackleshaw91. Yep. Okay. Sounds good, Cole. If you guys have any last questions, throw them in right now. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin Podcast, MMAOzbaker.com. You guys know YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, everywhere. So there's a crazy amount of places you can find the podcast now. Appreciate the support, guys. Got a good uh, amount of viewers today for the show. Ron's last point here. Kobe was playing the role of races. What do you expect? Listen, you're not wrong by any means. But at the same time, you expect fans to say those kind of comments about him, like getting his job broken, oh, that's Carmen, all this stuff. For media members to be saying that, come on. It's not, it's not professional. So I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's not professional. Anyways, guys, check me out, bjpen.com, net. If you have any questions, email me at, at adam underscore martin13 at hotmail.com. Kevin's been emailing me questions the last few weeks. I really appreciate them. Always down to answer your guys' questions by email if you don't get them into the show. If not, throw them in me on Twitter, guys. I'm always down to answer the questions. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast again. It's back to normal now. I'm back in Toronto, back in the 6th, so 10 a.m., Monday to Friday. I will be doing the show throughout the Christmas break. I don't, I don't take any time off. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm not taking time off. So love doing the show, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow, Friday morning at 10 a.m. for the last edition of this week's uh, podcast. Guys, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye.